Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and it's Friday, and the Business of Being Black is about President Joe Biden's plans for student loan debt, why Donald Trump is suing the DOJ, the ex-Louisville officer who pleaded guilty in the Breonna Taylor cover-up, and guess which celebrity is expecting a child for the 10th time? I guess that's no secret who that could be, right? It's another round of political and trending highlights of the week, and the band is back together. Hey, hey. It's my Friday co host, activist, and radio personality, Dominique de Prima. You feeling better, sis? Feeling much better and so glad to be celebrating a Friday. All right, now, political analyst Ed Sanders on deck. Hey, Ed, no soccer games with the kids? Not till tomorrow, but hey, good to see you. Comedian and filmmaker Alicia Cooper. What's up, Lily? I ain't seen you in a minute. Hey, Tammy. Let's get it. All right. The president and founder of Oleka Management Consulting, Dr. OJ Oleka. Hey, Dr. OJ. Hey, Tammy Mack. Good to be back. Ah, yes, it is. And y'all know, y'all know darn well, this first topic is my favorite topic of all time. It's the school loan debt, baby. Yes, President Joe Biden announced his plan to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt, but just for some borrowers. FYI, to my distinguished panel, that borrower does not include me. <laughs> Oh my goodness, the forgiveness only applies to those earning less than $125,000 a year. That's not the part that keeps me out. $20,000 will be uh, forgiven if you went to college on Pell Grants, and then um, $10,000 will be forgiven if you didn't receive Pell Grants. Biden also extended a pause on federal student loan uh, payments one final time through December 31st of this year. And if you have undergraduate loans, you can cap repayment at 5% of your monthly income. When asked about the fairness of student loan forgiveness, here's what the president had to say. Mr. President, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who in fact uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses and see why these guys get them all a tax base? Is that fair? What do you think? Ooh, ooh, he getting a little hard. This the Joe Biden we've been looking for, Dominique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's complaining on the left on the and on the right, and I don't know what kept you out. I suspect it was that 125. Uh, no, it was not. I'll tell you what kept me out. Um, the student loans, uh, the 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 money is only for people who have federal government student loans. I was one of those people that consolidated my student loan and it ended up becoming a private loan by oh, one of the banks or yeah. two of the banks or three of the banks. So at first I was kind of laughing at everybody's face who owed loans and were paying $400 a month uh, because I consolidated and got a very low interest rate at one point something and only paid like a hundred dollars a month. I was like, yay. And now I'm like, boo. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, Biden can't make a private uh, company forgive your loan. You have to take But he can still give me $10,000 to give to him. Yeah, well, you, you you know, write to the president. He might, you know, you're on TV. I don't know. But look, I, I you know, I paid for my student loans. It took me approximately 372 years uh, to pay them <laughs> off. But I am not a hater. 
I think this helps. Well, 43 million Americans are estimating will get at least the 10,000. 20 million will get that 20K. A lot of those are Black people, uh, Latino people, BIPOC people, because we are more likely to be low income and get those Pell Grants. This is a game changer and a life changer for many Americans who can now save for a home, who can now not have to choose between paying a student loan bill and feeding their kids or keeping the lights on. And, you know, I think the Republican talking point that, oh, it's bad for it's bad for inflation is corny. They never make that plea when they're giving away big tax breaks to millionaires and corporations as Donald Trump did. So, you know, I think this is a big win for the American people. And I think it's a W for Biden keeping a campaign promise. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not sure that 10 or $20,000 will pay off most student loans, though, the average student loan. Well, they said it's about at least about 10 million Americans who will have no debt left as a result of this. That's a sizable number. It's not everybody. But look, it's going to make a difference whether you um, whether you get all of your loan paid off or not is another question. Of course, I'd love to see all the debt wiped out, but I think this is a great start. And I love the fact of the 5% cap because that's going to help people who don't get their balance paid off. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ed, how do we feel about this student loan uh, debt cancellation? I mean, I agree with Dominique there on the 5% cap. I, you know, it's, it's, I look at this and I try not to look at it as a, as a gift for everybody because this legislation really isn't. It, it, it's more specific. It, it's helpful to those that are in the middle class. Um, I look at it from the perspective of the African-American community and, and just the access to college in general. There are fewer African-Americans that are in college pursuing degrees um, and th- there's disparities in, in the graduation rates. And so when you start to look at um, the loan application, to Dominique's point, the Pell applications, yes, African-Americans are, are better represented there, um, but access to capital for college in general has always been a problem for the community. I do applaud the president with going forward with this. I think it's a good move, but it's not as broadly received as as one might think it is. Yeah, and I think that's uh, because most people are like, okay, so we've paid this debt off. What happens going forward, Dr. Oleka? Well, you brought up a very good point. This is retroactive. It's backward looking. It's not forward looking. I mean, look, let me be the, the voice of reason here. This is terrible policy. And this is coming from somebody who has a few degrees, who has uh, thousands of dollars in student loans. It's also coming from somebody who studied higher education. I know this topic pretty well, and I worked in public finance as the deputy treasurer in Kentucky. Let me explain to you why this is bad policy. As was already pointed out, this Uh, impacts a small percentage of people, particularly people who went to college in some form or fashion. Not everybody graduated. Some were low income, but some were not. So if you make $80,000 a year trading on Wall Street and you're a finance major and you're 28 years old, you benefit from this if you had $10,000 in student loans. You'll probably make a bunch of money over the course of your career while the rest of the American people will be helping you pay off your debt in record time. Meanwhile, If you got your CDL and you're a truck driver or you didn't go to college at all and you took out a loan to start a business, you don't get anybody to help pay you back. And so what I think is happening here is that the Biden administration has chosen to suggest that student loans are a righteous loan that the American people should pay off. But if you started a business, you tried to leverage your house, which is where a lot of people have a lot of debt to try to make something of yourself. And that's just not good enough. You made the wrong career choice. The American people don't 
need to help you out. I think this loan is divisive. I think this policy is divisive. It pits people with socioeconomic differences against one another. And it's probably illegal. Biden administration doesn't have the, po- the, the presidential power to do this. He's relying on something that passed during 9-11 in a case of emergency. He's claiming that we're still in a COVID uh, pandemic emergency while also saying that we were out of it some months ago. I think the policy is bad. I think it's divisive. And there are better ways to help students finance higher education than this. I always wonder uh, why people have a problem with America helping individuals, but never have a problem with America helping corporations. Uh, The White House clapped back in a big way, one that I've never seen. Um, They said Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had $183,000 in PPP loans. They said Congressman Matt Gaetz has $482,000 in PPP loans forgiven. Congressman Mike Kelly had $987,000 in PPP loans forgiven. Congressman uh, Mark Wayne Mullen had over $1.4 million in PPP loans forgiven. Congressman Kevin Hearn had over a million dollars in PPP loans forgiven. So why are we concerned and so wrapped up in $3 billion when we've given these corporations so much money and forgiven them? And this is not the first time that it has happened. This is not uh, um, uh, a Joe Biden, Donald Trump thing. Uh, uh, President Obama Obama did it as well. And even before then, this is this always happens with America. They are not concerned about regular, average, everyday citizens, but they always are always concerned with the corporations who pay. I was just trying to hold in, hold hold on to the cursing, y'all, because y'all who who pay these petty salaries and then and then give them all of this money back as if it's going to help the employees. You yeah. can't even find employees today because of how sucky the pay is. Yeah, they get all these breaks and won't pay a livable wage. And you mentioned the politicians, but I was looking at some of the celebrities. Kanye West got a forgivable loan. Jared Kushner, they forgave $5.8 million from him. Uh, $1.2 million, Khloe Kardashian was forgiven. If anybody doesn't need it, it's the Kardashians. Joel Osteen, $4.4 million. He's tax exempt. Wouldn't even let his uh, congregants in the church when the flood happened because they was going to get the carpet wet. Tom Brady, $960,000 forgiven. When Tom Brady has earned $303 million and is due $30 more million, and he took his and bought a yacht. So, Alicia, so, this is this is like, I'm not concerned with the PPP loans and those loans being forgiven because corporations do have employees that they pay. I'm cool with that. What I'm not cool with is the hypocrisy in it all. If you're going to take money and have it forgiven, why uh, poo-poo the little man when they get... $20,000 forgiven. Because, because they're supposed to be a prominent underclass in America. That's is, what they're this, so this upset is, about. This is at the ridiculous. end of the day, at, at the end of the day, this little 10 funky thousand dollars ain't hurt nobody. We send billions to Ukraine and all these other places. Let the little man get a crumb for once. You know, and I, I just feel like that's so ridiculous. These if you need this money, you obviously need this money. And I don't understand why we can give it to the big people who, like Tammy was saying, they don't even pay livable wages and they use their money to go buy a yacht. It didn't even trickle down because trickle down never trickles down. And now we're upset about a few people getting a, a forgivable loan. And I just I just think well, that's please ridiculous. forgive me. I have to the take education. a commercial break. But Dr. Oleka, I'm coming back to you when we return on business of being black. 
Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and I was appalled at people saying that uh, students should not have their loans forgiven. Dr. Oleka disagreed with me. Well, I've got a lot of different responses to the back and forth that just happened. First of all, I agree with you when it comes to corporate tax breaks. I do not believe that we should that we should be providing corporate welfare. I don't think that's a conservative position as a Republican. I don't think it's one that we should be taking. That's the first point. The second point is with regard to the Paycheck Protection Program. It's important that we understand what PPP stands for and how we got here. It was during the COVID pandemic that state governors decided that they were going to shut down what was a healthy economy because they believed this was the best way to prevent people from getting COVID-19. As a result, the Congress at the federal level passed the CARES Act, which created the Paycheck Protection Program, which allowed small businesses, large businesses, nonprofits, institutions of higher education to get a loan from the government that effectively they could use to keep their employees employed even though no one was working. And the understanding when the bill passed was that if certain restrictions and requirements were met, that the loan would turn into a grant. The short version of that is because the state governments did something to businesses, the federal government said, if you do your job and keep people employed, this won't be a loan at all. This will be a grant. That is vastly different, vastly different from student loans where people said, this is a loan. I will pay my loan back over time. And now the federal government has just effectively said, you don't have to. Everyone else will pay for you. That's the fundamental difference. One was done because government created some action and people knew going into it, it would turn into a grant. And your student loan was done because you took out loans. Like I said, I'm incredibly Yeah, but Dr. Oleka, you're, you're conveniently me. leaving out the inequity. Most of the people, especially the $20,000 recipients, wouldn't have been able to go to college without those loans. It's not that they just decided they wanted a loan. And you know what? We should have free college for all. Then we wouldn't have to forgive these loans. Secondly, I love the fact that you're against corporate welfare. You're probably the only Republican that I know of that's against it. But yet you continue to support politics politicians like Donald J. Trump, who are the biggest corporate teats in the world that are just giving out party favors to the rich and, you know, want to allow corporations like uh, Amazon and, 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 and Elon Musk's holdings to go without paying taxes. So while I commend you individually, it's too bad you support all the politicians that continue to perpetuate these terrible, terrible policies. And, and it's very selective with the everybody else pays for it. When police kill unarmed black folks, everybody else pays for it, but the cop who killed them. So we can't have selective outrage over when people have to pay for other people's uh, uh, things because that's part of the American way. We always paying for stuff we had nothing to do with especially well, police brutality. So I just need everybody to be as loud about those things as they are about debt forgiveness for student loans. We've all been regularly loud about those very topics on this show. Dominique, you suggested different solutions that we can offer. I've got some for higher education. First of all, you can expand the Pell Grant so that students on the front end who come from low-income backgrounds don't have to take out any loans at all. I'm a big advocate for that particular position. Section 127 of the tax code at the federal level allows employers to use a benefit to help students pay off their student loans when they graduate and become employees. Expand that and increase that. It's a benefit that my generation and those coming after us could benefit. Also, if you want to actually uh, reduce student loans, you can be focused on teachers and nurses in areas at the state level where you can actually appropriate the, re the required dollars so you're not having an inflationary measure. There are ways to do it that are better than what Joe Biden has attempted to do.
How about both and? I'm looking forward to watching the Republicans try to take this money back from people by saying it's illegal. <laughs> One of the most popular programs in American history. Speaking of Donald Trump, as you did earlier, Dominique, former President Donald Trump is suing the federal government over the FBI search of his Mar-a-Lago home and is asking the judge to appoint a special master as a way to protect the former president's rights and oversee the process of reviewing those seized documents. How do we feel about this? Could this be a tactic on Trump's part to stall the FBI review? A special master uh, who is sometimes a retired judge or appointed in highly sensitive cases and asked to review seized materials to make sure investigators don't view privileged information. So that's what a special master does. And then Trump's lawyer claims that the FBI took potentially privileged materials, including photos and handwritten notes. And Trump's lawyers also demand a more detailed list of what the FBI sees. Dr. Oleka, let's stick with you on this one. Where do we go? Well, I mean, I think it is important that if you have a former president who uh, is being investigated, that whatever is being investigated is, in fact, looked over to make sure that nothing uh, that could damage the American people or, or have a national security interest gets out. I think that is important, just given the nature of what's going on. But let's back up here. This is the Biden administration who is investigating a political opponent based on not no, it's the Department of Justice. It's not know. the Biden administration. It's, it's the that Department we of Justice. How the Department of Justice got to this point. This was Merrick Garland and the FBI, people who were appointed by President uh, Biden, Merrick Garland in particular, to say that this is the right thing to do. I think that we should all be very concerned without knowing what the affidavit says, without knowing everything about why the president is being investigated, to just be so excited that this is happening. Because this is how countries begin to fall. You have presidents who investigate political opponents. Donald Trump had the opportunity to do this with Hillary Clinton. He chose not to. James Comey even said in his press conference in 2016, Hillary Clinton did a bunch of things wrong, but he wasn't going to prosecute. Why? Because it would have been bad for the country. So I think we need to wait and see what all is in this before we decide that this is a good or a bad thing. But I don't tend to think that when a sitting president investigates a political rival, that that's going to be good for the long-term future of the country. Yeah, I don't, investigate isn't really even the right word. I mean, this is this is a, a negotiation that's taken place for months with the president about top secret information. Uh, you know, the the FBI and the the FBI has been talking to the president about returning these documents for quite some time, and for whatever reason, and this is the heart of this, the president has chosen not to do so, and by not returning that, he is putting this nation at risk. Um, what's been clear about it is that they're, they're, you know, through reported leaks. And then to your point, OJ, I do want to see, you know, I would love to see, but, you know, obviously I won't have that sort of clearance. But understanding is that that the, the national secrets have a lot to do with some of the nuclear placements, tactics that we would use, defense, um, and, and that sort of threat that's out in the open. Um, and by all accounts, it sounds like the president wasn't keeping the materials under uh, appropriate lock and key with appropriate procedures. Um, that, that that's a threat and, and that the former president who knows this about that information was keeping it in those ways. You know, I'm surprised that it took them that long to actually go in and get the information. Dr. Oleka, um, do you I, agree with that? Well, I think that Ed asks a good point. If what the president, the former president was keeping was so top secret, and if the negotiations back and forth were so bad, then why did it take 18 months? This is the question that a lot of people are asking. If there was such a, a massive issue with what the former president had down at Mor-a-Lago, why did it take so long to get there? Based on the reading that I've the been the deference of the president, and, and that was the point that you were making at the at the very outset. 
um, that this had to take place really speaks to Donald Trump and and his disdain for some measure of accountability. Well, Ed, we, we actually don't know that because, again, based on the reporting, reporting, not leaks, because those are two different things. Based on the reporting, there was, in fact, a working relationship between the DOJ, the president and his lawyers this summer in June. But we do know that. We do know that because they issued a subpoena and the president defied, the former president defied it. We do know that because one of Trump's lawyers signed a letter saying that all the documents were returned, which turns out to be a lie. And by the way, I need an accounting of all the documents that were flushed down the toilet. I think the 18 months do show respect for the president. This is not a partisan situation. This is the Department of Justice operating as they should as an independent agency. Look, I'm not excited about it. I'm scared about it. What was the former president planning to do with these documents? He doesn't even read comic books, let alone nuclear codes. So there must have been money in it for him. I feel like I'm watching some big, crazy card trick at one of Trump's casinos. Only the future of the the life on the planet may be hanging in the balance. That's scary to me. Not anything to be excited about. And we're not talking about a man who's ever been above board. And he always has people between a rock and a hard place. Now, Dr. Olega, if they jumped too soon, everybody would have been like, well, they didn't give them a chance to turn the documents over. They just bust through the door. So you in a rock and a hard place with this man regardless. At the end of the day, we're going to get the facts about what was in there, what came out, and we will then be able to make a determination. But to act like this is so unfair on his face, we don't know that yet. Dr. Olega? Well, that's what I said at the beginning. We will wait and see what comes out (laughs) based on this particular story. But that's one point. The second one is I do think that it's a little bit concerning that we're all assuming that whatever is leaked in in the mainstream media one is even accurate. We all remember all the misinformation that was put out there about so-called Russiagate, which turned out to be untrue. And secondly, I can't believe as black folks in this conversation that we're just going to say, yep, the FBI must be right in everything that they're doing to try to get somebody that they want to well, get. Well, you know, there's another area that we're, there's another area that we're caught between a rock and a hard place too, right? Because, uh, listen, no one in America other than black people were saying that the FBI was a little questionable when they went after Martin Luther King, when they went after Bobby Seals, when they went after Malcolm X, and the list goes on and on and on. Nobody thought the FBI was criminal. And now all of a sudden, all because of America is, is trying to defund the FBI, Dr. Oleka. This is what's questionable. Right. But uh, I look, tell I mean, you, I I've been really- consistent. I really need them to find something because the last thing I want to hear is those two Trump kids talking, it was a nothing burger. If I hear the word nothing <laughs> burger, I'm going to commit suicide. So I need them to find something on this man. Well, they got it. They got their documents back. But I mean, you know, the key point is those documents were out in the open with the president that has shown just the disdain for even the, the system of keeping it secret. And he has surrounded himself with criminals. I mean, we could run through the full list of Trump associates. Even just this past week, the CFO of his organization uh, pled guilty to, uh, you know, what is it, grand larceny and, and tax evasion. There have been nothing but criminals around Donald Trump. And to have top secret information in that sort of circle, it, it, we should all be alarmed. And to be clear, if anyone on this panel had those documents in their house, they would be in jail already. So the respect and deference that they've shown to the president has been monumental. We'll take a quick break and we'll come right back to talk about a school district in Missouri who wants to bring back spankings, y'all. Woo-hoo.
Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and we'll get right back to the trending topics of business of being black. But trending right now are my undies, y'all. Okay, maybe not trending, but certainly should be because my bum feels free with my bumbas. Bumbas mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever. Done and done. And match every item sold with an equal item donated. Done. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Done. Bombas design their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options like the comfy performance styles made with sweat wicking yarns. Ooh, gotta love that. Which means your feet stay cool while the, West, while the rest of you works up a sweat. Bombas no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specific engineered never to fall down yeah so let your ankles be free to soak up the sunlight Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams soft fabrics and the perfect weight yes so they hang just right I love the Bombas undies okay they're snug they're breathable and I feel so free. Talk about home of the free land of the brave. I feel naked with my Bombas undies, y'all. Bombas underwear is so breathable and fits so well that it feels like you're wearing nothing at all in a good way, okay? And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most required clothing items at homeless shelters? Well, that's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you and me have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash B-O-B-B and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash B-O-B-B for 20% off. Again, that is bombas.com slash B-O-B-B. Now let's get back to the business of being black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Please welcome my Friday co-host, activist and radio personality, Dominique DePrima. Hi, Dominique. Hi, Tammy. Political analyst Ed Sanders is on board with us today. Comedian and filmmaker Alicia Keys. Oh, that's not your name, is it? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Alicia Cooper. I'm sorry, I've been giving away Alicia Keys tickets on my radio show. I'm sorry. Alicia I hope you got one for me, Tammy. <laughs> and the president and founder of Oleka Management Consulting, Dr. OJ Oleka, is here. Listen, I already know the two of the four on the panel do not like this story. I'm not gonna tell you, I'm not gonna tell you which two it is. It's two and a possible. I got two and a possible who are gonna hate this story, okay? Uh, the Cassville School District announced that under their new policy, school district employees will be allowed to punish students by paddling them, which is described as the last resort. Parents will be able to opt in or opt out of the new policy. What are your thoughts about this Missouri school district being able to paddle students, bringing it back, bringing it back to the old school, Dominique? 
I guess we're going back to the old days of beating our children, women having no choice over their bodies, and all of the worst things of the old America. No, no, and no. You don't get to spank, paddle, or put your hands on my child in any way. That is old school parenting. And I get a lot of pushback on this, but if you look at the evidence, if you look at the data, it shows that spanking children, paddling them, beating them, or whatever you want to call it, does not make for more obedient or better life outcomes uh, with children. What it does is it teaches them is that violence is a solution. That's not what we want. And we know this justice will be meted out disproportionately to black students. So that's a loud no from me. Yeah. I have a question. Okay, go ahead, Alicia. Was there anybody on here on this panel that was not spanked? And we are all just fine. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> Dominique, you were spanked as a child? My mom is Italian. She'll chase you down and beat you like you stole something. Yes, I was spanked. That doesn't mean I think it's a good idea. And by the way, I always say this on my radio show. If we updated our parenting skills as often as we update our phones, we'd be a lot better off as a world animation. I'm going to give you a little, little dance there right for that one. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like, I mean, I, hey, um, I just feel like, you know, I understand the whole not teaching violence and all that stuff. But we black folks were just as poor back then. And we didn't have mass shooters or smashing grabs. So yeah, but our parenting was based on what we learned through our enslavement. And it's time to update because last time I checked, the Emancipation Proclamation was a thing. But I think, Dominique, we may have course corrected too far to the other side because now it's anarchy. So no. we've got to find a middle ground. We're still teaching violence. That's why we have anarchy. We teach it in our, in our popular culture. We teach it in our, our war methodology that we use in our public policy. No, we haven't course corrected at all away from violence. No, and I mean, what Dominique is suggesting, though, Alicia, you said that, um, you know, this spankings, uh, during the time that spanking was popular, was a popular thing, uh, that there were no mass shootings and the, the kind of violence that's happening now. So then the question becomes, based on what Dominique said, is, is this why there is violence today? Is this why we are having more violent outbursts today? Because spankings, is this the result of the spankings? Partly. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. To, what I'm saying today is the group that wasn't spanked. <laughs> really okay. all those people in the white house that are s spending more and more money and swelling up our military budget who would rather use violence as a solution to everything all those kids fighting in the streets all those adults fighting in the streets and on airplanes they weren't spanked i doubt that i really doubt that alicia yeah, but this isn't this isn't about parental spanking this is about a school district being able to spank your child while they're at school and, you know, I think this is a country that has a lot of cultural differences, right? Um, when you look at the states that still allow corporal punishment, there's 19 of them still on the books. It is very much a Southern United States thing. And, and you know, I think what, what should cause some alarm, even though the school district that we're talking about is predominantly a white school district, the majority of the school districts that allows corporal punishment oversee African-American populations. And so we've got to take a, 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 a more detailed look at this to understand what type of discipline is being meted out to African-American students, particularly African-American males. 
um, throughout this uh, country, we've 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 had conversations about how uh, suspensions and expulsions are unjustly leveled on black students, particularly black males, over other students. And I think corporal punishment uh, would fall in that same category. So that's something we should all keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Um, listen, I was spanked by everybody, everybody. <laughs> everybody at the school at the house at the grandmama's house at the great grandmama's house <laughs> i have to agree though i i don't think i'm for it today dr oleka i always love these segments when i get to hear just a little bit of uh, old-fashioned conservatism come out of places where you don't expect it alicia out here advocating for everybody getting spanked Tell you what, I got spanked as a kid too. My parents obviously are Nigerian, uh, more Nigerian than the shirt on your back there, Dominique. And they, <laughs> they would spank me with anything they could find a, a switch, a shoe, uh, something they just pull out of the kitchen, a hand, whatever they could. I, I have no problem with spanking from parents as long as it is a last resort. There is a clear demonstration of love miles and miles before that, that happens. But as Ed pointed out, this we're talking about schools. The way that I read this is that it is an opt-in policy, right? meaning you as a parent have to decide, I trust this teacher, I trust all the teachers, every person in that building, however that the policy is designed, to spank my child in the same manner that I would at home. If you decide to do that as a parent, then you should be willing to accept whatever consequences come with that. I would not do that with my children. Nobody's gonna put their hands on my child, my two daughters, aside from me and my wife, and then also my mother, who would just spank me again, probably if I wouldn't let her do that. But (laughs) my point is, you can't have school districts do this unless parents opt in. It seems like parents are opting in in this. uh, So if that's the case, then it's up to them. I remember back in, way back in my day, uh, (laughs) the parents could opt out. Like it was automatic that you could be paddled. But if you didn't want your child to be paddled, you could say, hey, that's that's not what I want to happen, and that child would not get paddled. So I but think. Once, is, but once it becomes policy, if a student paddles your child, and they're more likely to do so if your child is a black boy, which is you mean a teacher? Age, yeah, a teacher. A, a teacher, mm-hmm. yeah. Then they're not going to get in trouble. I mean, yeah, you opted out. Whoops. I mean, you know, now it's the now it's the culture of the school. Yeah. So uh, I think Alicia, you lose this battle four to one. Well, okay, let, 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 let me just say one more thing. I'm not saying that necessarily people out in the street should just be able to show up and beat the heck out your child. What I think should happen is if the child is doing something wrong, what should happen is the parent should be able to come in and the parent should be able to parent however they see fit. What's happening nowadays is parents are being shamed if they spank their child. And I don't think that's right. That's true. That's true. Parents are being shamed. Uh, former Louisville cop Kelly Goodlett pled guilty to falsifying a search warrant that led to the killing of Breonna Taylor. I think we were expecting this. Goodlett admitted she falsely claimed a postal inspector had verified Taylor was receiving packages for her ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, at her apartment before the raid. The postal inspector said there was no evidence of that happening. Goodlett is the first officer to be convicted in connection with Taylor's death and is expected to be a key witness in the trial of her ex-colleagues. A third uh, ex-detective has also uh, has also been charged in a separate federal indictment. Uh, Goodlip faces a sentence of no more than five years in prison, plus a fine of up to $250,000 and three years of supervised release. What are our thoughts here? Um, what first goes to my mind is 
cops lie. They lie to protect yeah. themselves. And to- yeah, and, and that's the case here. Because and- a lot of people were, excuse me, Ed, a lot of people were blaming uh, Breonna Taylor. And a lot of people were, were, were using this particular evidence to say, no, but she was a part of it. And no, but she was. And that was never true, according to this case. Ed, go ahead. Yeah, and, it, and you know, even once you look at some of the, the facts more in detail, um, you know, the lying is 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 a polite way of saying it. Um, you know, they more or less made this up that that uh, the suspect or the target of the investigation was receiving packages at her home. Um, that was clearly not true. And even more to the point, once they understood that they were being investigated, uh, this officer and another met the night before they talked to the investigators to get their story straight. And so when you look at it, what he really did is point the dealer's the home to cause her death. You know, what they're charging her with and, and the punishment that she can get seems awfully light in this case. But I get it. They've got to go through that. Uh, you know, I would also take a look at the state attorney general and what their investigation looked at. I don't know how you perform an investigation as the attorney general and don't come to the conclusion that the officers were lying. Well, that shows you the extent of investigations that actually go on. Dominique, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that um, the Department of Justice had to go through kind of a side door to get to any kind of accountability in the death of Breonna Taylor by going after this falsification when seeking a warrant. And yeah, I mean, Ed, you're right. This is a light sentence, but this woman, uh, this this uh, officer would have had a lighter sentence anyway. She had lesser charges. So it makes sense that they would use her to um, convict the others. Um, And I'm sure that now that she has pleaded guilty, it's going to be a much tougher road for those other officers because the uh, benefit of the doubt that we give to officers when they repeatedly falsify police reports, uh, you know, a a request for warrants, what happens at the scene and then the the video contradicts it will be undermined by this other police officer uh, and her guilty plea. Yeah, Dr. Oleka, do you agree with this? Uh, could it help in the prosecution of her or of the co-defendants? Well, we'll see what the rest of uh, the data unturns on this. I mean, we've obviously been looking at this in Kentucky. It's where I'm from for the soulmates who don't know for a while. The local the news media has been reporting on this uh, for some time. Uh, it is important, though, to to point out just the, the difference in the two cases with the attorney general. They were looking at a criminal case with regard to what the officers might have done. Uh, in the death of Breonna Taylor. The federal case is a civil rights violation with regard uh, to how that process played out. That's that's not, I guess, a distinction that people- on an affidavit is criminal. Daniel Cameron uh, did not go far enough in his in his investigation, that's clear. Well, those are, are two different cases. That's also- They're two clear. different cases, but lying on an affidavit is, is not good in either case. I mean, surely we can agree on that. Well, again, I think we can agree that when you have new information now versus what the officers did and what the state was looking at, it's two different sets of circumstances. But again, I think that we're going to find out as this goes on with the federal investigation, everything that was included in this particular process. We don't know everything yet, but I think we all want to see how this turns out. So, no, we can't agree on that, Dominique. No, no, the attorney general will not be bringing (laughs) state charges. Because it's all about defending that weasel, Daniel Cameron. Go ahead, Alicia. And he is a weasel. And we need to be happy because elections have consequences that Joe Biden is the president because Donald Trump would have never investigated this any further. 
And um, it's sad that all this was due to redeveloping efforts like a gentrification in Louisville. They, that's the only reason they ran up in her place. They called themselves getting rid of blight and blight always means black folks. So well, they ran again, up in her daggone house. Those and they of you knew who are not from do. Kentucky probably shouldn't speak on it because you don't have a clear understanding of what exactly you're talking about. The issues with regard to blight, that was with the mayor of Louisville, Greg Fisher, who is a Democrat. This particular case started back in the Trump administration. It's an ongoing thing. We'll get the information, the details when it all comes out. Yeah, but we also know that that was the reason why they stormed her like that. They started with her boyfriend. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. Let's get down to it. So a black pastor is planning to sue police in Alabama after he was handcuffed and arrested for watering his neighbor's plants while they were on vacation. Check this out, y'all. There's a suspicious person in the yard. And if you're not one to identify yourself. I don't have to identify myself. I live right over there across the street. Who calls y'all? That's what we got to figure out. He don't live here. I'm not saying nothing about You have no right to approach me if I ain't did nothing suspicious or nothing wrong. You want to lock me up, lock me up. And lock him up, they did. Who's right, who's wrong? I mean, eventually a neighbor came out and said, oh, oh my goodness, it's my fault. I called, I didn't recognize him. He is our neighbor. He is watering the plants. Our neighbor is on vacation. Oh, oh, Lord, mercy me. <laughs> mm. Who wants it? It's Am- Alabama and that's absolutely ridiculous. Broad daylight, this man is watering the grass and he's <laughs> he's being criminalized. If this lady cared that much, she should have walked... 15 feet and looked at him and said, oh, that's Bert, and took her behind back in the house. <laughs> and for her calling and being that lazy and dumb, something should happen to her. We've got to send a message to the others that you can't be this lazy in your reporting. She could have gotten that man killed. And what criminal is sitting there white, white watering, watering grass and water? Like, obviously, he was either asked to do that or he was doing something nice. And I don't understand why we're the only group that can't even do something nice without having the cops called on us. That's watering the plants while black. Not only was he watering, not only was he watering the plants, he had a whole car with a license plate in the driveway. (laughs) I mean, gardening. That's the suspicious thing. That's what's suspicious. It's suspicious. Somebody called it suspicious. (laughs) Yeah, right. Gardening is one of the things we're supposed to be allowed to do, right? You know, pick cotton water plants. Now we can't even do that. Uh, I love this pastor. I love his attitude. I'd love to go to his church, but I'm not sure, Alicia, that if she had walked across the street, she would know it was her neighbor because for some Karens, we all look alike. And the mic has been dropped. There was a video, Dominique, where she did come out and she told the cops she knew him. Yeah. You know, so that was the only problem. Like she did acknowledge that, oh, my bad kind of thing. But by then the damage had been done. Yeah, he, they, they told men. him, they, they told her that they couldn't unarrest him, Dr. Mm. Oleka. Well, the, honestly, the, the saddest thing about this is the fact that it, it always seems to escalate to some level where there are unnecessary tensions. I mean, you all pointed out how this was totally unnecessary. If, if a neighbor saw somebody she didn't recognize uh, watering plants, just you could wander over there and see who it was, and eventually you would learn who this person was. Or the fact that uh, this guy, the pastor watering the plants, uh, was immediately put in the position where he had to feel like he 
was being accused, and, and he was, but the fact that he had to be put in that position because the state of affairs in our society is a problem, and the fact that the officers felt like they had to do what they had to do was a problem too. It, it just, it speaks to the fact that because people are in different positions or different professions or different races, or they just don't know their neighbors well enough, we're in these positions where people don't get along where they could. I mean, I hate to sound like, you know, a, an old man, but why can't we just get along? In this why can't we all just get along? Um, Ed, so he refused to give them his ID. His wife came and gave them his ID. And that's when he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't unarrest him. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that really gets silly, right? Like, as an officer, you know, you hope that there's some measure of discretion in handling something like this. Um, you know, I, I I think when I watched the video, the little quote that he had there at the end was, you know, uh, talking about his neighbor, his friend, you know, he's going to be so pissed that I got arrested after he asked me to water his lawn. And I and I can only imagine the feeling of, of, of his neighbor, right? Like, man, would you look after my lawn? And, you know, to, to Alicia's point, this is something that pr- could have cost this man his life. Um, and, you know, for for so many of these neighborhoods in, in our country, uh, these apps that keep track of, you know, nuisances and whatnot, we're quickly becoming to like this Karen enabling society where it's like, hey, there's somebody suspicious. We got to deal with them. Um, and police officers by now should have some measure of sense, like, you know, how to act. And that's just not the case there in the South. That's the case. Right. I don't know that his neighbor will be kind of upset or disturbed that it happened as opposed to <laughs> Oh, sure hurt that. I hate that happened, Bert. Um, his name is not Bert, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I've had it happen to me. I was out jogging and I had on, you know, jogging attire like uh, my, my Nike, um, you know, the tight pants women wear when they go work out and then the little shirt. And I had on my Bennett College uh, sweatshirt and Bennett College cap. And I was, you know, walking the neighborhood and I decided that I would check on my cars. So I looked in my husband's car. Then I looked in my car, just kind of giving it a check around. And I saw a lady, I literally saw her immediately get her phone and she started texting. And I was like, she is texting somebody about me. So I said, good evening. How are you? And she kept walking. And I got on to your point, Ed, I got on our neighborhood app because we have one in my neighborhood. I got on my community app. And sure enough, she was like, I saw this lady who was looking in everybody's cars. And I said, that was me. You mean the lady with the Bennett College cap on and the lady with the Nike pants and the lady with the headphones? And she said, oh, yes. I said, that was me. You And, and I normally, like both my husband and I, we're part of the neighborhood watch. So we circle the neighborhood in the morning and in the night. So, so I said, perhaps you should get to know your neighbors a little better. And when I spoke, you should have walked up to me and said hi as well. And then you wouldn't have had to do this little app thing that you're doing now. But when you're black, Tammy, you can't possibly own two cars. You know that, right? <laughs> and every time they run up on us, it's like, you know, they're, they're slave catchers trying to take an escaped slave back to the correct plantation. Mm. And that's how they operate when it's us. Like, let me get him back to Mr. Bobo's yard. You know, so it's like we can't do anything because they always act like we're doing something untoward. And that's, that's awful that that even happened to you. Well, I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. I don't want to make it, you know... <laughs> 
I, I wasn't had, arrested. Listen, I wasn't. I wasn't handcuffed and arrested. So I don't. You know, it's yeah. the buck stopped at me. You know what I'm saying? You should have done a Shahrazad Ali and gave her an open hand and slap her across the face. <laughs> what I hate the most though is when uh, uh, a neighbor comes up and says, "Do you live here?" Uh. So I, I I can't stand that. I think it's offensive. I think, um, and I and I think it's racist, flat out. Because if you're in a neighborhood and you want to know if someone lives there, then I think you should say, hi, how are you? My name is Linda. I live here. And then you wait for their response. But right. this whole do you live here thing, I'm so done with that. Like it it really triggers me. The do you See, live if, here? If this scenario would have happened in my neighborhood, which is 90 percent black and we know each other. People would have been texting each other. Hey, you know that dude uh, watering that lady's lawn? Oh, oh, she's, oh yeah, she was on vacation. Okay, cool. End of story. Instead of an app, we have actual relationships. There's that too. Yeah, the apps do kind of lose sense of relationship and what we were talking about tradition in the olden days uh, when we were talking about spankings, but literally in back in the day, back in my day, you knew your neighbors and you knew them well. You knew them well enough to get their mail. You knew them well enough to water their lawns. You, you knew them sugar. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of that. You know, you took them over dinner when they were sick, when someone died, when someone was having a celebration, but nobody knows their neighbors today. Dr. Oleka, so do you think this was wrong? Did you think it was wrong? Well, I, I think you demonstrated what's complicated about this, and Dominique pointed it out too. I think if people just knew their neighbors better, this this kind of thing wouldn't happen. And again, I realize that that's a naive thing to say. And we're talking about the different layers of community and relationship and race and how all those things complicate this very conversation. But I really do believe the simple answer is if people just knew their neighbors better, then they would expect a positive uh relationship they would expect a, a positive interaction with their neighbors and we really wouldn't get to this point so we just there it is so I mean, uh somebody who in my neighborhood we do have that so it it's not just back in the day it's now too well somebody who has a positive relationship uh with women is nick cannon it was announced <laughs> yesterday that nick cannon is expecting his 10th child this will be his third with model Brittany bell with whom he already shares two children uh abby de la rosa with whom he shares twins is expecting their third child together and canon's ninth overall as well uh you think 10 is too much alicia give me uh, I just, 10 seconds I feel, I feel bad for mariah carey's two kids they down to 17 dollars a month in child support <laughs> <laughs> dominique is this good Look, he can afford it. If he wants to populate the planet, more power to him. I, I, you know, I don't judge other people's choices as long as they're taking responsibility. Yeah, we're going back to the old days again. Ed? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, 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 it's not for me. I don't need that many children, but, but I understand why some do. <laughs> Dr. Oleka, you wrap us up. Take us home. Uh, I think that Nick Cannon would probably do better if he would stop having children. And I know that he probably thinks that it's good for his career in some case but i don't think he should do it anymore oh procreate it's what the bible says it's why you men are here this is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag wimpy 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 <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty ultra strong trash bag hefty 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 Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. 
Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.